Welcome back to the Macro Golf Podcast. We're back with another episode. Um, today we're going to be talking about speed. We're going to be talking about speed training. We're going to be talking about adding speed to your game, adding distance to your game, what the difference is between speed and distance, uh, what effect that can have on performance, uh, what effect that can have on longevity, what effect that can have on you basically being able to play your best golf uh, and how this all ties together to uh, basically help you achieve your goals, whatever your golf goals are. Um, so we're going to get onto that conversation today in this episode. And then at the end, we've got some questions to answer. So I dropped a little message to Team Macro Golf today and said to it, has anyone got any questions they want us to answer? Um, and we've got some questions, some non-serious questions and some serious questions. So we'll be answering both uh, the serious and non-serious uh, at the end of today's episode. Um, Sam's back. Sam's here. He's played some golf this week, um, which is played, good. Practiced, last week. Practiced, practiced a little, practiced a little. We, we played last week. We, we played, played last week, week at yeah, the, Eagle, yeah. uh, the Eagle Golf Day, which is Sherwood, a great day. Sherwood Forest, beautiful course. Thank you, Eagle Golf and uh, Rob, for sorting that out. It was amazing. It was great fun. It was great fun. Um, Sam, how's your week been? How's there been any big success, any big stories for this week? Uh, big success. I finally actually did some speed training for probably, it's the first time in a month, actually. I was looking back on my data. Um, and it went rather well. Got a new driver, Stealth, uh, Stealth Plus, and broke 120 clubhead speed for the first time. Very nice. This is just in the nets. This is just a speed session. This is not how I would swing on course or anything like that. But yeah, finally broken that plateau, um, which we're probably going to dig deep into a little bit more today. Plateaus, how you break them, different techniques you can utilize to gain more speed. It's almost as if you knew this podcast was coming. Well, I think it might have been a decision in why I wanted to record this one today. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Joe? Have you been practicing playing much? Yeah, I played this week. uh, Played a little bit last week. Been practicing, working on a few bits. I've got some new irons. So that's something I'm around with you. Um, So trying to work out how to hit the new bats. Um, But yeah, we're waiting for the season. (laughs) Still waiting. We're we're mid-April. And it's still boggy as hell. Yep. <laughs> that was nice about going to Sherwood Forest. It was actually dry, hitting off fairways that weren't just slosh. Yeah, I still managed to fight it. it was, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was good. Um, we had good fun. And yeah, we're, we're optimistic for the, for the summer coming now. And I think this is a useful um, point probably to lead us on to also our conversation on speed. Yep. Um, in terms of distance, right? Yep. Like we, we saw it last week at the Masters. Mm-hmm. Um, there was loads of stuff coming out about you know how much, how much further they were hitting on the days when the weather was good and when yep. it was warmer compared to the days that it wasn't good. Um, and I think it'd be really interesting to dive into potentially some of the reasons why that happens. You know, yep. we can, there's so many factors that go into speed, so many factors that go into into distance. Uh, and I think it'd be useful for us to discuss that today. And I think what will also be good is we will obviously talk about probably more from a body yep. Um, yep. science mindset. But there's obviously loads that go into it in terms of golf, in terms of yep. technical, in terms of whatever. And yep. although you know that's not our area of, of expertise, but um, hopefully we'll give a bit of insight. And then uh, there's definitely some places that I can refer people over to with the, who are more information on the golf, the golf side, side of things, of things or, or the equipment side of things, yep. that type of stuff we'll refer over. So that's the plan for today. So to get started off, um, I'm going to ask you a question. Go for it. Sam, I'm going to ask you the question of, do you include speed training mm-hmm. with your clients? Um, yes. Yes and no. I, I tend to be a little bit careful when including speed stuff with clients. Probably as we head into this season more and I've been working them for slightly longer, yes is the answer. I always benchmark, so I will start when I onboard new clients, get um, get a speed measurement uh, with the radar in the studio, on the speed sticks, and see where they're at, just for comparison. And we'll probably compare that every month to about six, six weeks, depending how their training's going. Um, what's interesting is by utilizing strength training, speed goes up without even doing the speed training. Um, that's typically where I like to focus because I want to build a robust body that can handle the speed work eventually. I think the uh, mistake um, a lot of people make is jumping straight into speed training and if their body can't handle one, the volume, or two, the actual velocity that they're trying now to swing it is where we typically see injuries and 
poor mechanics and things like that. So I, I always like to say to my clients, we will get there. And I, I actually find with speed training, you can pick up gains really, really, really quickly. The strength stuff's a little bit slower. I want you to get to a really strong base before, so we're not worried about you picking up any injuries and you actually can probably get more speed there anyway. Yeah, agreed. I think maybe what would be useful for us to get this started, like we always, just so everyone knows, we don't plan any of this. Zero. Like we literally just... Absolutely zero. I rock, rocked up here this morning and was like, right, Jay, should we do a podcast today? Yeah, what should we talk about? All right, speed. All right, here we go. Okay. Turn on the mics. <laughs> Turn on the mic, grab a coffee, off we go. Uh, so maybe what would be useful for us to get started is to talk a little bit about, because you mentioned it there, like a little bit about speed mm-hmm. versus distance. And yep. like, I think what's really important for people to always realise is, although there's a strong relationship between speed and distance, Massive. more speed yeah. doesn't always mean yeah. more distance. Yeah. Um, and, you know, without us going into all of the depths of it, there are multiple factors that yeah. affect distance. Yes. Uh, and speed is just one element of yeah. that yeah, yeah, formula, yeah. right? Um, where I think our job for what we do with players is, I think we give players the opportunity to hit the ball further, right? By allowing them to swing the golf club faster or allowing them to move in more efficient ways that then allows them to swing it faster and ultimately increase distance right but i suppose it's a really important point to say that when we're talking about adding speed we're not always talking about adding distance 100 I've, yeah. I've had i've had lessons in the past with um with with pros and without getting you to swing faster they have swung at my speed so say at the time my speed was 105 they have swung the club the exact same, my club, the exact same speed, and they've hit it further. That's either because they're then changing the launch dynamics. So say if I'm hitting down on the ball, they're changing it to hitting up on the ball. They're hitting closer to the center of the face. Without swinging faster, that's going to gain distance. What we're talking about is something slightly different when we're talking about speed training is actually how fast are you swinging that club. And then hopefully when you improve your the skill of the golf swing and you're centering it a bit more, that's going to equal even more distance. 100%. Exactly. So we're talking about improving the opportunity to yes. hit it further. And then when you put that opportunity back into a more efficient movement, more yep. efficient delivery, more efficient um, process, then your outcome is higher, right? Your distance is going to be higher. So yep. we're going to talk specifically about speed. Yep. Like just to clarify all that for a lot of people. Club head speed. How fast can you swing the golf club? Yes. It is very simple. If you wanted to not get quicker but add distance, go see a pro. They will get you swinging more efficiently and I'm sure you will gain more distance. 100%. I actually think, you know, people say to me, like, what's the fastest way to add speed? Uh, and, you know, as we've said, like, probably speed training is the fastest way to add speed. Yeah. But to answer the question of what's the fastest way to add distance, yeah. for most people, it's getting better at the golf, right? Like, if, <laughs> like for most people, like, improve your delivery, in, like, don't slice it, yeah. uh, hit the center of the face more, and you'll hit the ball further, right? Absolutely. So the fastest way to, I mean, whether that's the fastest way, it's probably the best way for you to originally start. Um, but I think even if you, and this is an important notice, even if you are quite inefficient, with your deliveries, if, for example, you don't always hit the middle of the face, and let's say, for example, you do hit a bit of a slice, or you, you, you know, you're not, you're not optimally delivering the golf club. What we have to do is we have to assume that you are trying to improve that. Yeah. And then there's no reason why you still can't swing faster with poorer delivery, right? Like a faster swing. I feel like Joe way. is attacking me at the moment. By the way, guys. Not at all. Uh, this is not the, at all. The right? looks he was giving me there. No, no, no. Uh, my, my point is, and this, I think, but I think this is really important for us to go through because I think it's, um, because speed training gets a bad rap because when people say, well, if you can't hit the middle of the face, what's the point of speed training? Yeah. There still is a point because, you know, I've been in, uh, a good one for this is Ross at EP Golf Studios. He's a big believer in this. He, like, he's a big lover of speed, right? Mm-hmm. And he's someone who actually would say, well, we're going to try and get the most out of the, you know, this equipment, whatever. Um, and he always says, well, like a, a slightly poorer strike with a faster speed is actually sometimes better than a slower speed with a better strike, yeah. right? So speed definitely still has a place. Where it becomes a bit tricky is what we're saying is if you're smashing it out of bounds all the time, yeah. then adding speed to that is not yeah. your best way of shooting better scores, yeah. right? Um, so it all, it all goes back to depends where you are at that journey. If, if you are delivering the club effectively and you're looking to gain more distance, then then maybe you do need to do some speed training because you're already maxing out your, your physical capabilities. If you're, if you're not maxing it out, then maybe that is the best thing to do. Book a lesson with a pro, get used to maybe hitting up on the ball, whatever it is that you're doing inefficiently, and they can help you at distance there. Yeah, because what we're also saying, I suppose, and this is another, I know we're just jumping around from point to point, but I think all of these are going to come together at some point, is for 
what reason we would, we would add speed, right? The yes. only reason to add speed is to add distance. It's to increase so distance, if yep. the speed that you add does not increase distance, then that's pointless, right? Because yep. there's no point in just swinging it faster for no better outcome, right? Um, in the same way that if you add a lot of speed and suddenly you can't keep it on the planet, that also is not beneficial because that's obviously not going to keep you hit shooting those scores, right? So when we come down to speed training, when we come down to adding swing speed, when we do all these things, I really like what you said there about strength just basically if we work on strength we'll hit the ball further because everyone should be working on strength we've yep. done a strength podcast we've spoke about this like that should happen anyway and you should yeah. hit the ball further what then is interesting is what is this kind of unique population of yeah. people that actually really would benefit from specific speed, speed training training yeah i think we got there in the end that kind of comes yeah. round about absolutely so i'll throw a question back to you okay again what who are these populations like if for people that are listening how do we describe and i think there's multiple groups of people that sit in this category but who potentially would really benefit from not just from adding speed because we can add speed from you know from strength training from efficiency and moving the golf or whatever who who would really benefit from speed training like who would benefit from going and buying a speed stick and saying i'm going to work specifically on swinging this golf club hard for like the next six to eight weeks who are those people okay i'm gonna put a little caveat to that because for me, I don't think the speed sticks is the most optimal way of doing it. But we'll come, we'll, we'll circle back to that in again. Who is it optimized for? I would say, like, like I just described there, golfers who are really feel like they're at a plateau, really want to gain some distance because potentially they're trying to shoot lower scores. So essentially, for single figure handicaps, you want to be drive a total distance around 250 yards, anything above that. And you should, uh, with the statistics, be able to single figure. So maybe you're just on the cusp of that. Maybe you're just slightly underneath and you go, right, I've, I've been going to the gym. I've been doing slow strength work. I feel really good, but I just want to find that little, little edge to, to shoot some lower scores and just be a little bit further on the track, have a club, two clubs less into greens for second shots, things like that. It just makes the game a bit more scorable the, the further you are, the further you are up there. Um, what's really interesting is that they've done um, studies with 80-year-olds who have never done any speed training before. Six-week program, they all started swinging the club faster. What was the program? It was three workouts a week, just focused on speed stuff. So it wasn't strength training, it wasn't resistance training, it was just focused on... So a, f a few of the workouts were like ballistic, so more jumps, different things like that, just getting your fast-switch muscle fibres firing. And then a lot of it was just in the nets, some speed stick stuff, how, how, just getting used to swinging faster, essentially. Nice. I want to see these eight-year-olds jumping around. <laughs> I, I, I would, I'm it's a brave person who programs oh, jumps to eight-year-olds. It was a brave person put that study together with the health and safety for that. But it's, it's one of the things that I say to, to most of my clients in their 60s is like, it's never too late. Especially if you've got a history of not doing any, any strength stuff, any speed stuff, there's gains on the table, 100%. Even if it stops you going backwards. Speed is one of the things, unfortunately, the first things that we start to lose from your 30s. And if you're not using it, you're going to lose it. Um, my personal beliefs with speed is that I actually think it's really easy to, to not lose your speed and actually gain speed, and it's really time efficient. That's if you're not stuck at a plateau if you've not been working really really hard if you're there then it's slightly harder to break through that to maybe the next level but for people that don't do anything like speed training i think is your lowest hanging fruit in terms of how quickly can you swing the club faster the strength stuff like i said before takes a little bit more time yeah i, I agree i think there's also another population of people that but maybe these eight-year-olds sit in that sit in that category of people that are actually quite efficient with what they're delivering right mm. like actually they mm. hit the center of the face yes. pretty regularly they hit the ball pretty straight they don't really miss many fairways yeah. um i think that's a great population of people who actually would benefit from swinging faster yeah. right yeah obviously there would be a degree of them adding speed to the point where they can't then handle you know yes let's say for example this group of eight-year-olds if this group of eight-year-olds suddenly managed to start increasing you know 10 mile an hour 15 mile an hour it might get to the point where they, their bodies can't handle that. 100%. And, and, and this, this, is where I want, whatever, this is where right? I would but, love to get onto with the speed training stuff is that actually, I personally think if you do a, a speed training protocol for potentially six to eight weeks, you're, you're then plateau. You'll be at your upper limits. You won't be able to gain any more speed unless you're still getting stronger, maybe to potentially adding mass, adding some mobility to that. 
six to eight weeks and you will be at your top limit with speed training. Yeah, and I think it's also individual. Like I was, try, I try and say to people that you have, you obviously have like each of us at the moment, right? Like let's take for example you and me. We will both have our. Let's say for example we didn't get any stronger, we didn't mm-hmm. change anything. Like we'd, we'd have a threshold of yes. speed that our body would be able to yeah. to deliver, right? We could, um, as you said, we can actually get to that quite quickly through practice. Like yeah. I think, yeah, like this like eight week mark seems to be a good number for that. What then happens is we obviously can keep pushing that yep. and keep pushing that and keep pushing that. And we might start to see marginal marginal gains within that window, even once we've got most of it out. Problem is we go into this like risk zone, yep. I feel like at that point, like where you're starting to mess up your speed to strength ratio. Like you obviously for the strength that you have, you should be able to swing the golf club at yep. a certain speed. Yep. Uh, most of us sit below that because we don't actively push our speed yep. uh, up to that uh, threshold. But there are a lot of people that are sitting above that threshold. Yep. Um, a lot, some young golfers, um, some older golfers that don't have strength, they don't have movement, but they swing as hard as they can. Yep. Um, a lot of people who, um, I'm trying to think of stage, like good examples of like people who just chase speed constantly, like yeah. you know, go to the drive range a lot and just try and hit it further and further. They're always at this like kind of risk zone. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. what they also are on the risk zone of basically not having control of their golf ball either. So you lose control of your body and your ball and it's not great. Yeah. But um, there definitely is this gap and this gap of the current speed that we're swinging it at to the maximum speed we could swing it at even with our current physique yes. um, I think that's probably where speed training sits right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so what happens when we when we bridge that gap so let's say for example you've got someone let's pick a 30 year old golfer single finger uh, handicapper was swinging it at 100 mile an hour they're relatively strong. They've done a little bit like, you know, they've done a little bit of training, but nothing yep. serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've done speed training. Maybe they got some speed sticks. Maybe they just did it with their own driver, whatever. And they added 10 mile an hour swing speed over like eight weeks, right? And now their on-call speed is like eight mile an hour faster than it mm-hmm. was, right? So they're like, wow, I've gained all this speed. What would you then say to that player? Like, where do they then go from there? Because the addiction would be to just carry on doing speed sticks yeah. because that we've got that result. Yeah. Or it's like, I've got the results and so now I'm just going to give up on it mm-hmm. and speed training. Mm-hmm. What's the advice of that player? Like, where do they go from there? Okay, so it depends. If they're still wanting a bit more speed, I would say, look, you're at a really good level. You've made some great gains, 108. You've made eight miles an hour. Let's now... The analogy I always like to use with clients is is a car analogy, essentially. You're in sick gear now. 108 is you revving as far as you can. You're potentially going to injure the body, mess up the engine so what we need to do now is we actually need to stay there we need to upgrade the chassis upgrade the body a little bit so maybe it's a bit more strength work and then in another eight weeks time we can then push another speed training protocol if we keep keep going potentially you're probably going to break down the body um what i would probably suggest is to make sure we don't lose any speed and this is what we've spoken about before with kind of maintenance maintenance is so much easier than gaining speed you can maintain your speed by probably hitting, if you dedicate 5% of your practice on the range, the last five to 10 balls you've got, it's just trying to hit them as far as you can, as fast, swing the club as fast as you can, sorry, then that will maintain your speed. You, you're not going to lose speed there. You might not gain any speed, but for that person, we're not looking to gain speed. We're just looking to stay where we are while we maybe get a little bit stronger so the body can handle the velocities we're putting it through. It's amazing you say that because I don't think we've ever spoken about that, but I give that advice. Really? That exact same advice. Like yeah. I said, like, at the, end of, at the end of your practice session, just hit 10 balls as yeah. hard as you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as you can. Yeah. Like, I think that's the simplest way of incorporating some kind of speed training. 100%. This, is what, this is what I was going on um, to, to earlier. We've, so there's, let's, go, let's take a step back. There's different speed training protocols. You've obviously got all the different types of speed sticks, rip sticks. You've got the stack system. I've used all of them. I've used all of them with clients. There's... In, they're beneficial. They all work. Everything works. I don't think there's anything better in terms of carrying over the speed to the skill of actually hitting a ball to doing what you just said there and dedicating your last 10 balls swinging as fast as you can because you're still transferring the motor skills of actually hitting the ball. You're not just standing in your room on the, on the range with a stick just trying to swing as fast as you can. You're still thinking, right, I've got to hit that ball and, and you're still hoping it goes fairly straight and keep it in play. So you're kind of gaining both. The, the, physio- the physiological gains of swinging your body as fast as you can, but you're also still trying to deliver the club to hit the ball in an optimum way. 
So you're kind of getting both sides. Whereas with, just with the speed sticks, or I keep saying speed sticks for example, just with any of the overspeed, underspeed training, you're just getting the other side. You're just getting the physio physiological side. So I think combining both of them is what I say to clients. You don't need to go out there and spend hundreds of pounds on all these, all these programs and things like that. Just spend 10 balls twice a week, swing as fast as you can, you will gain to be. Yeah, I think it's a it's an interesting point because I definitely say that to people that like they're like okay I'm not like 100% dedicated to like jumping up by 10 miles an hour yeah. right? but I would I wouldn't mind adding a little bit of speed yeah. and I'm doing strength training and I'm doing my mobility training I just want to push myself a little bit harder I think that's where the you know there's kind of like 10 balls at the end of your session yeah. works works quite nicely um, where I like it for people that really want to add serious speed like when we were we're talking about breaking platters and pushing hard. I think the speed stick training has a place um, to actually take away this consequence of hitting the ball. Yep. Uh, and I quite like that. Like in the same way that I quite like drills with a golf swing away from the ball or, you know, shout out to Liam Robinson for his coaching here, like hitting into hitting into towels or like hitting it, like taking the ball away and actually working yep. on body, body movements. Yep. Um, I'm a big fan of that because I think when we've got a ball in front of us, we've got a lot of like consequence in our mind we we get tense with but right i know maybe we're a driving range we don't care and we're with our mates and we're just going to rip it mm -hmm. but still something has to something has to give you actually to make contact with that yep. ball and not yeah, swing and miss yeah, and yeah. do whatever yeah. but when you take that way you do sometimes like i see it in here quite often in the you can unlock like, something like, something you else unlock people's yeah. movement right like yeah. you might have somebody like what the hell is that swing like they're moving so yeah. weird yeah and then you take the ball away and you put a club in their hands that has no head on it yeah. and suddenly they just move really well. Like yeah. their body just flows, they sequence, yeah. they, they add speed, they just move really well. And I think there's something powerful about training the body away from the golf swing yeah. consequence uh, and actually just getting them to swing yeah. freely, right? The problem is, how do we transfer that speed to the, the golf yeah. course into the golf swing? Then yeah. that's the difference, right? And one method I like with that is using the stick to push numbers like yep. to really just think like number 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 like how do i get this number as high as i possibly can like yeah. any way possible of getting this number higher 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 um and then when we then get a club in our hand we then shift our focus onto ball speed yep. or onto distance yeah. uh, and actually then club head speed isn't our focus at that point yep. because we know at that point if we swing as hard as we can we're probably not going to be as efficient we're probably going to move yep. and that's where i think the ball speed i'm letting you know, go to the top tracer range and try and hit it as far as you can or go into a trap man and try and yep. hit it a hard time i think that's a different input um, where we've not got yet though which is the big one is how the how the hell you do that on the golf course that's a different that's a different that's, angle, that's, right? yeah that's a, that's a completely different angle. I think I think it's really interesting what you said and I kind of want to go back I think the speed sticks are fantastic to to break those plateaus to actually say you've got a client who's trying to see triple figures so they might be stuck high 90s they've keep swinging out their boots and they go, I cannot break it at all, right? You get the speed stick, you go a little bit under speed training, so maybe a slightly lighter stick. All of a sudden they've got 105, they go, something mentally unlocks them and yeah. they go, oh, actually, no, I can do it. So next time when you put the club back into that and they go, boom, straight away. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit like, I do it sometimes with clients lifting weights for PRs, won't tell them, won't tell them the weight because sometimes there's something mentally stopping you, there's something mentally holding you back you get them to do the lift, get them to do the swing, and then tell them that was actually the quickest you've ever done. The next rep, the next sessions, they're there easily. The, the brain sometimes holds you back, and it's, it's one lock that speed sticks are, can be fantastic. What I love for uh, speed stuff is isn't actually on the range. It's still hitting a ball, but I do it in the nets yeah. because then you're not having the consequence of all right, I've, I've maybe pushed that one a little bit. I'm going to hold back on my speed slightly to center the face. These speed sessions should just be designed for you swinging as hard as you can, as fast as you can. And then it's like Joe said a second ago, then we need to bridge the gap of bringing it into the practice and onto the course. If you've got all this, probably a bit like me, fairly fast. My so my top speed now is 124. On the course, I'm probably around 103 because I do not have the confidence to swing that fast on the course. So what I need to now work on is how to bridge that gap. And that's something we're probably going to come and talk about now. Yeah, and I think also, yeah, I like that as well. With like, um, I like in the net or, or on a top tracer without seeing a ball fly. Yes. Or, yeah. um, oh, sorry, on a uh, like a track man without seeing a ball fly or speed sticks. Because really, we don't really care. Like, I know it's hard for people at the moment, but like, we don't really care where the ball goes at that point. Like, we're actually, 
if anything, the ball's a distraction because if you hit a bad shot, then you're yeah. like, oh, you don't want to be standing at the range and fucking hit them out of bounds, yeah. like left, right, topping it. Like you don't want to be doing that. So it's going to, obviously you're going to hold yourself back, um, which obviously limits your progress, right? Like we're trying to push ourselves to those boundaries. Um, but I think the biggest point of getting onto the golf balls is doing all of this work, like speed sticks if you want, swing your driver hard if you want, do it in the nets, hit it as hard as you can. Best thing to do when you get to course is forget all of it. Yep, agreed. And just hit the shot. Yeah. And basically what we're trying to do is just increase your maximum potential of how hard that yeah. can be. And you're still going to swing. Let's say, for example, now for you, you swing, I don't know, let's say what well, you probably swing 90% of your max, maybe, on yeah. the course. Yeah, around that. 85, 85, 85, yeah. So even if you carried on swinging at 85% of your max, your, your 85 max is, is slightly down. higher. Yeah, exactly. It just creeps up. And that's what people don't, sometimes the people are a little bit scared of speed training because they go, well, this is pointless because I'm never going to swing like this on the course. That's not the point of it. We, we're not saying swing like this on the course. What Joe just mentioned there, if, if we can increase your potential, your 85%, your 80 naturally creeps up with that without you even thinking about it. So we get you quicker in the nets with the sticks, whatever that is. On course, you're going to get quicker without even thinking about it. Just then think on the course, right, I've got trouble left, I've got trouble right, swing my swing. Hopefully that should be quicker. That's, that's what all the pros do. That's what the long drives guys do. Their speed training sessions, turn off the ball flight, all they've got is club head speed and then... As they're getting closer to competitions, then they'll look at ball speed because that's like we touched on at the start of the podcast. That's going to carry over to the distance that they want. But if they're just doing speed training, it's just how fast are they actually swinging the club? Then you dial it back to go, right, now am I finding the middle of the face? Am I launching it efficiently? Yeah, and that comes back 100% to the fact that you swinging it harder does not necessarily mean ball's going to go further. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, and you can, you'll see this, like if you do speed training, like I guess every, I don't know if anyone listening to this has done speed training. I've definitely done it like, if you do speed training in a sim, for example, or do it at a driving range, you can track your numbers. You'll swing fast, right? You obviously will be swinging fast, 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 fast. But there only be like maybe like one in five balls, maybe that you'll actually hit like out the middle and hit well. I'd say like if you're I'd, I would actually say one, maybe one in ten, one yeah. in ten. So yeah, put that on the golf course. Like, not great. Yeah, that's not a great recipe. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. you thinking that you can swing faster on the golf course and that's going to help you because adding an extra five mile an hour is going to do this to your scoring or whatever, whatever, is not the case. Yeah. Like you are going to play worse yeah. if you try and do that on the golf course. So that's not the point. We're trying to do that away from the golf course. Yeah. And then when you get to golf course, you don't have to do that. Yeah. That's the purpose, right? Yeah. Where a lot of people who lack speed then try and force it on the golf Once course. The course. Yeah. And that's when they have problems, yeah. right? So most of the time you'll see people that haven't done speed training or aren't in control of their golf ball. They're the ones that then try and push it when mm -hmm. they're with their mates and want to hit it further. Yeah. And they're the ones that then struggle, right? Yeah. Um, I've been there. Yeah. I've 100% been there. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. It's a dark place. It's expensive as well. You lose a lot of golf balls. <laughs> you do lose a lot of golf balls. Let's quickly, probably should have touched on this at the start of the podcast. Just, um, so for every one mile an hour club head speed you gain, this is all saying if you're launching effectively, finding the centre of the club face, you can essentially gain between two and a half to three yards on average. So that's for every one mile an hour. Me and Joe have both worked with golfers who in four or five months have probably gained 10, 15 mile an hour club head speed. That equates to 20, 30 yards longer. That is a lot of distance there that a lot of people leave, on the, leave off the table without, without gaining. So just... Just going back, everyone had, uh, every mile an hour club head speed you gain is about two, two and a half, three yards distance. Another thing I want to say is if you are doing speed sessions, don't, on the range, don't measure it by distance because the distance can change by delivering it more effectively. We're just, you, all you want to measure and you have to measure guys is your club head speed. That's all you want to be looking at for speed sessions. Don't measure it by distance because that could, you could be swinging slower and actually hit it further. So just every time you are practicing, please try and find a device, whether it's a, a um, radar or a P, what are they, P? PRGR. PRGRs, anything like that. There's loads of cost-effective ways, but make sure you're measuring it because otherwise you can't track it. I think that is a difficult thing as well. Like for most people in most situations, their ability to measure it is difficult. Yeah. Um, and from my experience both with myself and the clients, the ability to measure that and have like instant feedback and almost gamify it is where you get the best results. Absolutely. Like you put a radar in front of someone here and you say, right, you're not going home until you swing over. Like, yeah. like we, we can do it. Like our bodies will find a way, right? And we more, and we try and beat ourselves and we try and beat that number. And that, that kind of instant feedback, I think is one of the essential things for effective speed training. Absolutely. Uh, and that's hard to 
like if you can't afford the radar if you don't have access to that yeah. type of stuff yeah. it's difficult because most of the time it's only distance we can go by right top, so do top tracer ranges measure club head speed they no. don't do they no, no they, they only, don't and even the ball speed numbers they get are uh, a little bit yeah, funky. sketchy yeah so i think for a lot of people that are just doing speed training at the driving range distance is the only number they can go yeah. by like yeah. how far did that go um and as we've said that's potentially holding us back from reaching our full potential so yeah. um yeah i mean i've got some ideas how we can get around that like what would you suggest if someone didn't have access to that type of thing so i think maybe we can now move on to what what is this type of trend let's like, say for example someone says okay you've sold it to me you know not whether we've I, if anything we put, put people off it but uh <laughs> it, you've sold it to me i want to start adding speed i want to do speed like maybe i want to do speed training maybe i want to whatever like how do we do that because what i want to do with these podcasts always with people is like you know you listen to loads of podcasts it's like theoretical yes like how do I actually do it? Like, yeah. what do I actually need to do? I've yeah. got a golf club here. Like, what yeah. do I do? Like, how many reps? Like, can I start tomorrow? Like, what, what's the actual actions that someone should go through? Let's pick another example, maybe make it a little bit more specific. Let's say someone's at 100 mile an hour club head speed. Yep. Uh, let's say they're a 12 handicapper. They don't do strength training and they've never done speed training. Where do I start? Listen to our podcast about strength training, and then come back and listen to this Good one. Point. I, I I think is is always this is where my my brain safely goes to. Yes, you can follow a speed training protocol. You are going to get quicker. I'd be so worried about you getting injured and and changing your uh, biomechanics in the in the wrong way. Um, caveat: Let's say they have actually done some speed uh, some strength training. Sorry. My favorite protocol, if you don't have access to speed sticks, radars, anything like that, go to the range or whenever you're practicing, uh, wherever you practice, 10 balls at the end of it, as fast as you can, out of your boots, that's it. And then if you can, try every two months, every three months, try and get to a, a simulator or somewhere where they do have access to a radar. Maybe your local pro has a, has a, um, has a launch monitor that you can use and just try to test it then it doesn't need to be every session if you don't have access to it just retest every month two months whenever you can have access to it that's that's my favorite protocol 10 balls at the end of every session hard as you can swing out of your boots and it doesn't even need to be with the driver driver is ideal because drive our driver swing is probably the only swing that you're trying to swing as, as fast as you can out on the course but a lot of the long drive guys just use six iron because it's a lot less fatiguing so just get a six iron seven iron swing that as fast as you can you're still gonna change the change the physiology behind you and try and try and should be able to get faster thoughts on different types of swing so uh as an example yep. and you know as a caveat to this so um i don't know if i'm gonna get in trouble for this i'm gonna do it anyway i don't care i don't think we've got enough i don't think we've got enough listeners for me to get in trouble yet so i can probably <laughs> get away with some stuff right um super speed yeah uh have a training protocol yes um that i am not a fan of agreed me too for specific reasons um however i work with a company called relentless golf who offer a speed stick um and that would be if you are going to go and get a speed stick that's why i would say to go and get it because it is as good as any other stick out there but it's a fraction of the cost because it just shows that it doesn't need to be you don't need three sticks you can yep. have one stick that does everything yep. um so go and check those guys out um, and actually on that note, if you go and check out their Instagram, actually their uh, founder, Paul, uh, I took him through a speed program and strength program and mobility program. And he it describes his journey and yep. kind of like what speed he gained and how much speed he gained and how yep. he experienced that. So if you are considering going speed, go and check that out because that will give you a bit of an idea of what to expect. Um, but I designed the program for them uh, and included, I think, I think it's like four different types of swing yes. um, that kind of went together in this program. Like... So what are your thoughts, and I'll give my thoughts after, like what are your thoughts on different types of swing when doing speed training? I think Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 training? absolutely. I, th I think it's really beneficial. So for example, your, your step into swings, your one-handed swings, different things like that. I think anything like that that can be used to unlock a bit more, slightly better mechanics as you're swinging or just some a bit more velocity in the body. I, I, I find um, stepping into the swing. So if I'm starting with my legs together, if I'm a right-handed golfer, stepping my left leg forward as I swing, I find that really good to... I use it as part of my warm-up to try and build myself up to that speed. But if you're doing that at 100%, you can definitely, definitely gain 
gain speed. My problem with the, um, the speed sticks, um, speed system, like you said before, I just think there's so much volume and I don't think you need that volume. I think most people's body will start breaking down there. They've got you doing it left-handed if you're right-handed they've got you doing single arm both way rounds it's just like what like i think one of their protocols is it's like a hundred swings in a session it's just too much i think it's just too much yeah i agree i mean i don't again i don't know if we're gonna get in trouble for this so i don't care if we get banned we get banned like what's gonna happen uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go fill in on this one so uh yeah i've got a lot of problems with it and you know i'm for example uh and again like i I'll be careful what I say, but I won't be also. Like, we we are both quite science-driven um, in a lot of our methodology and a lot of our thoughts process. And what I like about being science-driven is I'm always open to changing my mind. Absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. if, someone, I, if someone brings me some really good research and says, look, what you thought was the case is no longer the case. Like, this is now yeah. what we believe. Like, in the same way with God, right? I don't necessarily believe in God, but if there was some really, really good evidence to show that that's the case, then I'd be willing to change my mind, right? In the same way that I don't believe that swinging the golf club if you're a right-handed golfer left-handed has any is a good over. use of your time right Absolutely. like maybe there's a, some kind of carrier i don't know but i don't think it's a good use of your time personally right however um i questioned super speed on that i didn't get a reply sure but four weeks later they sent an email out saying they'd done some research they changed the whole and, uh, program well no 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 what they'd done is they'd done a study um and they took right-handed golfers and they done left-handed only swings okay and they reckon that that increased their club head speed by seven percent slight problem in that and this was again my reply to them off the back of this email which again i didn't get a reply which i don't mind uh that seven percent was actually higher than the original research they posted for dominant handed swings so i'm all for changing my mind with research when the research is uh not made up and at the moment, my thought process on all of this kind of like speed th- is basically what I think is happening is we're running out of ideas of how to continue to sell a product. Absolutely. And then we get pushed into a realm of how can we make this as funky as possible so that people still interact with us, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so long story short, this is when I worked with Relentless Golf to build their program. And I said, okay, well, we're not going to do any gimmicky stuff, but we need to make it engaging, right? Because these people are going to do speed training for... I think the program's 12 weeks. Like yeah. if you're going to try and engage someone for 12 weeks, it needs to be some kind of engagement, right? So we increased a variety of like full swings, uh, steps that yep. you mentioned, uh, heel up. So allowing yep. your left heel to lift up. Yep. Uh, I included deceleration swings. So like full speed down and then stopping to train the deceleration. Uh, there was one more uh, slow back swing. So like a really slow black swing and then accelerate through from there, right? Um, and the biggest reason why I included those, one, because I think they're the most effective at... Um, producing speed yeah uh two i think they keep you engaged because they make it a little bit more fun and three i think it takes your brain away from having to be your strict rigid yeah. technical yeah. golf swing they right? unlock something so in your, thing, like in your you movement. have to lift your left heel yeah. as a right-handed golfer you're like oh okay so oh you have to step into it yeah like that changes the way that you move and hopefully we can trigger some kind of yeah. change for that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, i really love lifting lifting your um like lead heel you're yeah. lifting your lead heel Try it. Go to the range next time you go. You will swing faster. Yeah. I had uh, one of my clients in here yesterday. She was just swinging. We were re- retesting. She started doing it without me even saying anything. And then I kind of picked up and I was like, do you realize you're doing that? She's like, no. And I said, don't stop. She enhanced it a little bit more. Bang, new PR. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's really fantastic. And I think it's good that like, all these things are like plateau boosters, but they also get you out of the mindset of like, I've got to hit a golf shot here. Like, and that's what we're trying to get at. So... Um, Long story short with that, if you are going to do speed training and you are going to start to include some of this stuff, just be aware of... The gimmicky bits that are of, out there. Yeah, gimmicky swings. Like, I personally don't program wrong-handed swings. Um, I think we're not prepared. Like, if you were just doing normal-handed swings at a regular pace, yeah. I'd say, okay, we can build ourselves up to that. To go from zero to swinging as hard as you can on that side, yeah. it's like it's like not swinging the golf club for... Th- five years yeah. and then getting a golf club in your hand and swinging as hard as uh, you and can. trying to bomb it it's, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah 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 I don't, I don't it's just it's not sensible it's not um, sensible you're going to hurt yourself um, you wouldn't do it with any other sport you wouldn't if you're a right right footed footballer all of a sudden try and hit these free kicks with your left foot as hard as you can you're going to hurt yourself you're going to pull something I'd actually even say that the golf swing is even worse because you're it's even more forced through the body through the spine 
if you want to laugh, <laughs> they they do wrong-handed Happy Gilmore's. But it's, this is the thing, they have to, it's, they're trying to sell it. I'm sure I heard mutterings that they were trying to rewrite the program to take some of that stuff out because there'd been a lot of pushback in the industry. I don't know if they have yet. I, I don't keep up to date with it, but I'm sure I heard, oh, I can't remember who it was. I heard a pro talking about it, saying that they're actually rewriting a lot of the protocols because the volume's too much or the sessions are too long. And I think that goes back to kind of everything we've said in these, in these podcasts is we know... Amateur golfers have a limited amount of time to play, practice, yep. train. It's about making that efficient as possible. So yes, if you're stuck at these plateaus, spend some time really speed training. If you're just trying to keep the same or gain a little bit, 10 balls at the end of a session is going to help. And also think about like volume is really key when you're thinking about... Take, take your average golfer that can't practice, right? An average golfer that doesn't really have time to practice because of commitments, but they play once a week. They probably swing the driver... 14 times yeah. and maybe like a half speed practice swing. Yeah. So let's say 28 times max a week. Yeah. You can't go from like 28 times a week to like 200 times. To, from to, nowhere, like, to wrong side, happy Gilmore's. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, okay, you know, it's not like level one, day one, wrong side, happy no, Gilmore. No, no, I get that, but like, we're still, it shows that when, once you've gone through what is the valuable content, like you were talking about, like once you've gone through this kind of like eight weeks of making really, really good progress. And this is what I did with the Relentless one. We kind of do like, we do six weeks, we take two weeks off and we do, yeah. I think no, we do five weeks, take two weeks off, do the five weeks and then we do maintenance in the middle. And like, we do that. Like there's a reason behind that because we can get some progress. We maintain, we get some progress, but it's meant to be done for that amount of time. Yeah. Then go away and work on something else. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, th- Going back to your thing about this speed, like I do believe that we get probably one really big window to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably get one chance to gain this like ten or fifteen this mile an massive hour. amount. Yeah, one. I think I do believe we get one go at it, right? Unless we get injured and we have to go away and come back, whatever. So if you do only get one go at it, why not get your strength in place first, Absolutely. get your mobility in place yeah, first, yeah, 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 like, yeah. and then really give yourself an opportunity because to that make that big window progress. will actually will be much bigger. Yeah. You, all of you, all of you, I, I, I bet my life that I could get any one of you in here six weeks, put you, eight weeks, put you for a training, a speed training protocol. You're all going to see gains. I guarantee that if we did eight weeks of strength training before we did eight weeks of speed training, you're going to see much more gains at the end of that. We'd, and also you'd really be starting at a higher spot yeah. before yeah. even getting that, yeah, that boost. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of other times that I think it is worth doing it. Uh, I think maintenance throughout the season is important. Massively. Uh, we do typically get slower throughout the season, yep. especially pro golfers get pro slower golfers throughout the season. Pro golfers, massively, yeah. Because we're obviously normally training a lot more in the winter. We don't play as much golf, so we have more opportunity to, to train and strength train and do that stuff, speed train. And it's typical then to lose a little bit of speed throughout the season. So I think topping up throughout the season is useful. Um, and also I think if you ever make significant changes to your golf swing, I think there's also an opportunity to then do a little bit of speed training to kind of... Um, revitalize because if you spend a lot of time doing technical work a lot of time yeah. with like slow paced work very deliberate technical swings i think you slow down again yeah. i think given that opportunity yeah. but um yeah i think that was like worth noting um another thing that was on my mind to cover and i know sam's probably got some other stuff he wants to cover as well um a podcast i recommend highly is the practice thinkers podcast uh peter Arnott based up in scotland uh really really knowledgeable on learning patterns and uh like integrating moves into the gossip and all this stuff and he done a really, really good podcast on uh, basically saying that um, situation changes movement. So whatever situation you're in, yeah. that changes how you move. And he's got some really good research that he's done with his players on changes in club head speed with, for example, the ball being slightly above your feet. Yeah. So players in different situations will swing at different speeds, right? I mean, you will naturally slow down in situations, you'll naturally speed up in situations. Um, and again, I think this is important to note that we're always working from a relative percentage of our maximum so if we can increase our maximum all of these relatives work from that they increase um, anyway, yeah i don't know how that's set with the kind of structure of what we were talking about but i just wanted to throw it in there absolutely no 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 it's true it's true it's true i i think another way of of kind of just thinking about it is imagine pick a pick a hole on your course where maybe your standard drive potentially gets you in trouble so just think right i've got to be five yards longer here and just try and swing at it. Your professional golfers have probably three or four driver swings, right? They'll tee it down, they'll have a fairway finder. 
they'll have your probably stock swing, and then they'll go, right, I've got X amount to carry the, cover the, the trouble, this is my full swing. And they will have that, and they, that will all be playable on the course. Most, the problem I have with most amateur golfers is they don't. It's just the same thing each time. You've got to, you should be able to have that ability to change things ever so slightly. Yeah, and again, we're talking about changing. This is this is technical, right? But you're giving yourself the opportunity with a faster swing. So yeah, yeah. you're then again working within these percentages. So even your fairway finder yeah. is going to be faster and yeah. longer, right? Then and then your max out is obviously going to be harder yeah. and faster than that. Um, okay, so how do, we're going to go on to some questions in a bit? But Sam, how would you close off speak? Like, how do we summarize? Because we've got similar views on this. Like, how do we summarize our kind of like macro golf perspective on swing speed and yep. adding swing speed. Like how do we summarize that for people? I think speed training should only be available to you once you know that your body moves really well and you're comfortable with adding some volume into it. Um, I think that's what we preach here at macro golf is that we're not going to get a new golfer who's not done any strength training, not done any resistance, doesn't move very well does is quite immobile and we're not going to track any speed stuff at you do a little bit of time spend a little bit of time on that get a little bit stronger and then go for the speed you're not going to be going backwards if you do strength work you're still probably going to get a little bit quicker make sure you've got those foundations in place before you start chasing the real 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 gains um yeah anything else there joe yeah i think um yeah, there's like I think if we take speed, always remember that there's no point in adding speed if we're not going to add distance. Yep. Distance is the only reason why we add speed. Yeah. Um, there are multiple things that go into speed. Ah, this is why we can talk about the masters. That's when we forget that, and that goes into speed, even to the point of like the clothes that you're wearing, right? So like, you would notice yes. the guys in the masters suddenly they've got their waterproofs on, not going to swing as fast in waterproofs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Suddenly it's cold. You're not going to swing as fast when it's cold. Yeah. Right. So there's so many factors that go into speed, and just considering that. So I think. Your mobility, your strength, your technique, your the climate, your clothes, your equipment uh, potentially. For equipment a potentially yeah. can make a difference. The hole that you're on again, situation changes, movement, yep. like whether it's into wind, downwind, that changes how you move. Yep. How, like all of that stuff's gonna affect how fast you swing it. Then you've got the ball, then you've got equipment, then you've got like, you know, conditions, wind, uh, you've got air, climate, humidity, yeah, yeah, yeah. altitude. All these things are then going to affect how far uh, quality of strike, obviously, spin rates, yeah. launch angle. All these things are going to then affect how far the ball travels in the air. Then you've got, is it wet like it is now when the ball just lands and stops? Yep. Then you've got, is it going to roll out? Is it then downhill? Is it uphill? Is it sideways lie? Is it going to roll off the foot? There's so many things that go into distance. Swing speed is just one piece of this huge yes. puzzle that is you better to hit the ball further. Um, my advice is always, uh, same as what we always do, it's got to be a holistic approach. Don't leave any stone unturned if you want to hit the ball further. Yeah. Um, cover it all. Yeah, 100%. I, I would say go and see a go and see a pro. Are you delivering the club effectively f to maximize your current speeds? If not, maybe do some lessons. Work on that. If then you're going right, I'm maxing that out. I'm delivering the club effectively for my speed and I've done some resistance training. Da, 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 I'm there. Right, then go chase some speed. I think a lot of amateur golfers leave the Precision, precision, pre oh my God, it's happening again. I don't even know what you're trying to say. Precision. Precision. Okay. Precision side of things unturned and they will just try to get speed. Yeah. I think go and see a pro, deliver the club effectively, you will gain distance without even increasing speed. And the distance is where you're going to score better, right? That's what we're all doing it. That's what Joe just said. The more distance you get, hopefully, statistically proven anyway, you're going to shoot lower scores. Agreed. Agreed. There's our take on speed. Uh, anyone who, here's a couple of bits for this. Actually, anyone who has hurt themselves from doing speed training from a protocol that we've spoken about, send me a message and I'll help you for free. Amazing. Because I believe strongly in that. So that's number one. Uh, if anyone wants a program for adding speed, um, I would go and buy yourself a relentless speed stick. Shout out to those guys. And you will get access to my free speed training plan. There with you a go. Stick. So there you go. Uh, if anyone does want to add speed. Um, I think that's all for speed, no? Agree. Should we move on to some questions? Let's do some questions. All right, question so, time. So we've got a few questions here. I'll, I'm gonna I'll start with a serious one and then we'll move on to a joke one and then a serious one again. And then I think we've got one more after that. So um, <laughs> this is from Ben, a member of Team Macro Golf. A long standing member actually, um, really nice guy. And you'll notice with Ben, I don't know how much you read the WhatsApp group, the Team Macro Group, whatsoever, he has a funny answer to everything. Yep. So he did ask a funny question, but he's also asked a serious one. Um, and he says, 
have you heard of the 100 hour rule? If you spend 18 minutes a day, in brackets 100 hours in a year, doing any activity, you'll be better than 90% of people by the end of that year. Amazing. Thoughts on that? Have you heard of that? I've never, I've never heard of it. No, no, no. Have you? No. No, never heard of it. I think it goes 100% with kind of our philosophy at Macro Golf in small changes over time is the most beneficial thing that you can do for your life. 100%. What was it, 18 minutes a day? 18 minutes. I mean, if you spent 18 minutes a day putting, you'd be pretty good part of it. Yeah. As long as that, I suppose it's... As long as it's done, as long as the practice is as effective. Yeah, I suppose maybe like if you're doing 18 minutes a day every day, like it's, even it doesn't if it's not really that matter. Efficient, yeah. like you're yeah. still racking up some hours, right? Yeah. Like um, 18 minutes a day of speed training. There you go. Done. So you'd be pretty quick. Simple. 18 minutes mobility. 18. Yeah, I really like it. 18 minutes reading a book, whatever that might be. 18 minutes extra walking a day, if you yeah. for weight loss. I, 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 we've spoke about this loads. Those little changes you can make in your life that add up month on month, year on year, decade on decade, that's what's going to create real, real change. 100%. 100%. Uh, just on that, when they said about being better than 95% of people in the year, there was something you didn't mention in the podcast about speed mm-hmm. that you wanted to talk about. And this was about relative gains compared to the field. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I'll let you talk about it, but you're basically saying like for a pro, the potential gain they can make on the field is going to be less is, is minor the, so for the for the pros that are training uh, amateur right yeah so for the pros that are, are trying to chase speed you've got to assume that every single pro is doing the same thing so even if you gain one one mile an hour it's probably going to be exactly the same as the rest of the field so you're not going to see too much of a difference in in scoring to the point where actually if you're not doing it you're going back you're back you're behind yeah, right like yeah. so that's yeah. the yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely um for your say uh, mid handicapper 55 let's say if you're doing some speed training your gains on the field are going to be much more because 90 percent of 55 year old males won't be doing it so your opportunity for tournaments and things like that is much much higher even if you're maintaining your speed so you're not getting quicker statistically everyone else is getting slower so you're even then increasing your chances on scoring better 100% I thought I'd remind you of that so yeah, you know, no, I knew we, we did say we were going to speak about that yeah. uh, okay so next one uh, from Bus uh, do you practice reflection do you reflect on your golf post round so a massive change for me this year I read a book Zen Golf um, shout outs to that because that Read, finished the book, shot the best round of my life pretty much the week after that. And a lot of that is reflection, is different kind of techniques to, to improve your mentality around the game. We had it when we played last week is that we sat in the clubhouse afterwards and everyone's talking about the shots that they left out there. And then you went, well, no, let's do the opposite. Let's give me three of your best shots. Everyone found that much harder to think of the good shots rather than the bad shots. Yep. It's, it's how the brain works. We need to reprogram that to actually think, right, what were the positive things you did on the round? Because our brain always goes to the negative. I think if you can start adding some reflection onto your rounds, it's going to do you massive, massive, massive good. Um, one that really changed for me was actually if there's... Um, I, every time I get onto a hole, say at my club, the, um, your club, club that you, a hole that you've played loads and loads and loads go back to the last time that you hit a really good shot there put yourself there and then you're in a much better mindset to hit a better shot rather than doing the opposite go god the last time i was here i threw off the tee into the water whatever yeah, it always was always hit it out of bounds yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's the Jeez. worst thing you can do you're, you're putting that into your brain before you go and execute the shot do the opposite go right oh yeah a couple of weeks ago absolutely bombed it I can do that again. I think reflection, positive reflection in a way, is, is that there's so much beneficial stuff that, that, that will help golfers with. 100%. Like, and also reflecting with a bit more of a curious mindset rather than blaming yourself. Like, oh, yeah. you know, it's easy, people easily come away and like, oh, I drove the ball really badly today. Yeah. Well, would you hit like two bad drives? Yeah. Actually, you hit like 12 really good drives. Yeah. Or actually, if you did drive the ball badly, what are you going to do about it? Like, yeah. Was it actually poor decision? Was it poor target? Was it, uh, you know, what actually happened what you can do about it like, yeah. are you actually going to go and practice on that is that just a bad day in the office is that whatever yeah. um, and reflecting on on that is important I like the, I love the three best shot thing I think that's the best thing you can do yeah, um, yeah actually I actually think I'm 
put an action in place off the yeah, back of that. Off the back of that, absolutely. Um, okay, James says, uh, are GPS devices slash rainfinders too much of a crutch for amateur golfers? Um, no. I, uh, I, I think they're useful. I think they're useful. I agree. Um, depends how you use it, I think. Um, I think GPS is useful for front, middle, back. Yep. Greens, I think that's useful. Um, range riders obviously getting a specific number is useful, especially the closer you get. Um, having a specific number in target, I think is useful. Depends on the ability of the play. You know, some people get caught up in being specific. Um, not really our area of expertise, but we are both amateur golfers. Yep. I use rangefinder. I don't know what you use. I use, my, I use my GPS Garmin. That's got little screen that shows everything. You um, like it? Really love it. Absolutely love it. My was it Garmin G80 approach. So it's also a launch monitor. So that's what I use a lot for my speed sessions and dialing um, wedges and distances like that. I think it's fantastic. Um, I, I can't see why there'd be a, a um, what did you use? A crutch. Yeah, it's a crutch for amateurs. I don't think so at all. When you look at all the pros when they're playing not in professional tournaments, they all use them. Unless you've got any aspirations to potentially be a caddy and it's good to develop the skill of getting your eye in and, and seeing it and use the, we use the yardage books, but I, I, don't, I, think so, I don't think so at all. I think you should use golf as hard enough as it is. Use all the tools you can to, to gain a, a little bit of an edge. Agreed. Uh, and the final question is from Little Joe, uh, and he sent me this directly, and I said to him, my reply to him was, this is way too cringe for me to answer. Uh, so right. I thought I'd ask you it Can't instead. Wait for right? So he said, when you started out on this journey, did you ever expect to have such an impact on people's day-to-day -day life as well as their golf game? No. But I was speaking to, I was speaking to my girlfriend about this this week because obviously me and Joe were coming together trying to build something that's not out there in the, in the golf world. Um, and a client reached out to me a couple of weeks ago, going through a really tough time of it. But he's doing amazingly well on the course, won some tournaments, um, hitting the ball further, da, da 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 He sent me a lovely message and I was like, oh, I actually have a job where we create a lot of good in the world. Like, we're changing people's lifestyles, hopefully making them fitter, help, healthier, happier, stronger. Like, I mean, I, I finished a session on Thursday night, I was absolutely shattered. And I kind of said to my client, God, I love my job. Like, he came away super happy. It's like, it's fantastic. We're, we're, I think we're really privileged to have kind of found, God, it sounds cringy, but like our, almost our calling. And our, our calling is helping people get better. Yeah, and also doing it in a way that, you know, yes, we're doing golf, but we, we cover everything. Like, and I think that is key to cover all of these areas. Like, I think, and actually what's interesting, like on these podcasts we've done so far, we've obviously done like mobility, warm-up, all these things. Like we've been very much like golf orientated, yeah. but we'll move away from that slowly as we move on to different topics. And we do actually, I think what he's trying to get at is like, yes, we help golf, but there's so much more to it. Yeah. By helping, by like, helping someone get stronger to maybe they want to hit the ball further, you're actually lengthening their life expectancy. You're keeping them out of hospital. You're, pre you're preventing so much other stuff. That's what's fantastic about golf. We're using golf as the motivator. And it's, it's what I've seen from changing over to just working with general population is that we're all so obsessed with golf that it's a really strong motivator to create all these other changes in the life. And I think it's, it's really fantastic to be able to have that. 100%. Like I had an example of someone who's, um, you know, who's a decent golfer but had a um, young family, I think, he had, I think it's two kids. Um, and he basically said to me, he's like, oh, it's amazing. Like since I've been doing this work, I can actually get on the floor and play with my kids now. Yeah. Like he would, he would never yeah. get on the floor because he was yeah. like, oh, I don't know if I can get back up again. Yeah. Right? Like, thanks. Nowhere near golf fitness, golf performance. That was never a goal that you set at the no. start. It was like, Joe, I want to be able to play with my kids. No, but, but like, by, that's by, by what putting in that's made to his life, right? Yeah. Like, that's just so powerful. Um, so, Joe, I do appreciate the question. Obviously, I was, I was saying it's too cringe for me to answer, like, directly, but I thought I'd ask Sam, and I think um, it's a nice way to wrap up today because it yeah. kind of shows how, you know, we've literally gone deep into like, speed and hit the ball further and it's like let's actually take a step back and realize you know with all this stuff you really can make a change to your life so 100%. Um, it's powerful um nice sam what we're we going to speak about next what can people expect moving forward what topics do we have lined up i think next we're going to talk slightly like we just said a little bit away from the golf swing we're going to talk about weight loss and different yeah. protocols we can do there so like some more yeah nutrition side of things 
Um, let's get away from the golf swing because we've done a lot of heavy episodes on training for golf. Let's go a bit more macro-based and let's take a step back away from the swing. Love it. Uh, anyone with any requests, send them in. You can send them to me on Instagram at Joe underscore macro golf. You can send to Sam at Sam underscore macro golf. Yep. Uh, or you can email us. Me is Joe at macro golf online.co.uk. Sam is Sam, Sam at, at macro golf online.co.uk. Um, let us know if you've got any topics, any questions, any feedback. Let us know. Um, but until we'll see you on the next episode. Peace.